Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Welcome back, everyone. Today's topic is Can People with Diabetes Fast During Ramadan? This is a replay of an episode from season two where we invited Dr. Yusuf Saeed, who is a diabetologist who works at GluCare on the show. And he walked us through many questions that people often have that have diabetes. He answers questions like, is it safe to fast during Ramadan if I have diabetes? Where can I get advice and support if I want to fast? What special preparations should I make? What should I do in an emergency? What factors should I take into account for fasting during Ramadan with diabetes? And he also covers other things like we talk about tools and advice that you know, will help you reach your decision if you wish to fast or not, and what you should do when you consult with your doctor or diabetes care team before and during Ramadan. He discusses things about medication and exercise and blood sugar during Ramadan, how to break your fast safely, and other questions that you need to be asking. This was a really great episode, and having a, an expert on the topic is super important. As I record this, it's just about almost exactly, I think, one month before Ramadan will begin. And the reason for that is that the sooner you go to your doctor and talk about fasting, and then you can get prepared. You don't just want to go in the day before Ramadan because maybe there's some things that you need to do or some changes you might need to make in your medication or routine or other things that your doctor is going to recommend that will help you prepare for Ramadan rather than just jumping in if you have diabetes. So have a listen. I hope you find it helpful. There's also other links in the show notes, um, like the IDF guidelines and some other things that we talk about as well. For those of you who are fasting and observing Ramadan, I wish you a wonderful holy month. For those of you not familiar with Ramadan, this is the holy month of Ramadan where Muslims are fasting from for about 30 days, um, from sunrise to sunset. And it's not just about the fasting, it's actually a time of atonement, reflection, and prayer, and there's a lot more that goes into it. But in this episode of the podcast, we have some questions for Dr. Yusuf Saeed, and he discusses how to better navigate Ramadan with diabetes. I hope you enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Diapoint Emmy. And our expert series continues today with Dr. Yusuf Saeed from GluCare Clinic. And my name is Pamela Duran. I am the founder and managing director of Diapoint Emmy. Today, we are going to discuss Ramadan and fasting and diabetes with Dr. Yusuf, and we're so happy that he's here with us today. Before we begin a little bit more about Dr. Yusuf, Dr. Yusuf Saeed is a German board certified specialist in internal medicine and diabetology at GluCare. GluCare is a clinic that's recently opened in Dubai and it focuses specifically on diabetes. From the period of 2013 to 2017, Dr. Yusuf served as an assistant doctor at Vinzen Pelotti Hospital, Benzburg, Germany, within the Department of Internal Medicine, Hematology, Oncology, and Gastroenterology. Dr. Yusuf Saeed later worked as an assistant physician and specialist in internal medicine and diabetology at St. Vincent's Hospital, Cologne, with the internal medicine and diabetology endocrinology department. 
He has a special interest in the diagnostic and treatment of diabetic foot syndrome. He previously served as the director of the internal medicine department at the AACSH, Dubai Healthcare City. And he's a graduate from the University of Cologne Medical School in Germany. And we are so happy that you are with us today. Thank you for taking the time. Um, and we're, we're really happy that you're here. Thank you. So thank you. And if there's anything else that you'd like to, to add to your, your very distinguished bio that I miss, please, please. Let thank me you know. for the invitation and my greetings to everybody who's joining us today. Oh, thank you. So today we want to talk about diabetes and Ramadan because Ramadan is probably going to start in about a week next week, Monday or Tuesday. Um, we should get the notification of when fasting will start. And we all know that this can be very tricky to navigate if you have diabetes. And some people with diabetes even question, should they they fast if they have diabetes? So I was hoping that you could start by, first of all, just shedding some light on the topic, perhaps explaining to us what really happens to the body. And the first biggest question that everyone has is, if I have diabetes, can I fast? Yes, that's, uh, of course, a very uh, good question. I mean, generally, to first understand um, what happens if you're fasting is that there are main uh, things, your sleeping patterns are changing. Um, of course, your eating habits are changing and also your physical activity times are changing. These all, of course, can then uh, influence your body and For type 2 diabetes patients, uh, uh, it can come to glucose fluctuatings and you can have, of course, then uh, more the risk of um, high or low blood sugar. So this is the first thing what we have to know if you're fasting, what happens in your body. The second thing is then to know for you as a person with di uh, diabetes, um, if it's safe for you to, to fast. And And therefore, it's really important and what I am always recommending is to do um, a pre-Ramadan assessment, yes, which is really important, uh, which you can should do with your healthcare provider. And this um, assessment includes first a risk qualification. So here, um, the physician is calculating how much your risk is and then splitting you into three groups. So it's the uh, a group of low risk, the moderate risk, and high risk. And uh, we are using the IDF 2021 uh, risk calculator. And this uh, includes, for example, which type of diabetes you have. Um, uh, of course, uh, what your, your treatment are. Are you on insulin or, or medication? How long you have diabetes? Uh, how stable your diabetes is managed? And of course, if you have symptoms like hyperglycemia in the past or DKA, uh, you have maybe other diseases, yes, like blood pressure or other uh, um, things uh, like kidney diseases. So this is coming all into this calculator. And then we are looking and then giving the patients the recommendation at the first step if they can do uh, fasting in Ramadan and not. And the low group, uh, there we are saying if you fall into the low group, that you can fast. And if you're in the moderate group, we are already saying you should not fast. And if you're in the high-risk group, we will definitely say that you must not fast, yes, because there the risk is then really high. If you're now falling into the low group, then a proper education is really important. 
So to have a safe and um, healthy Ramadan also, um, we have always uh, a care team, which includes always a physician, a nutritionist, and educator. So uh, this group will teach them, the patient, um, um, of course, how to measure your blood glucose, yes, uh, what you should drink and eat during this time, uh, what is with exercise, medication adjustments. It's also then important to know um, when you should stop your fasting, yes? So uh, uh, what is breaking your fasting if it's dangerous for you? Uh, and so this education is really important um, um, to, to give then the patient who are allowed to do uh, fasting um, a really safe Ramadan. Okay, great. Thank you. So, so if someone's listening and say they, they go to their doctor to ask about fasting, um, it would be advisable that a risk assessment is done. But okay. in addition to that, let's say if, if the doctor doesn't have a risk assessment, then what kinds of questions should they ask to their doctor? They should ask generally um, um, with the treatment they have, for example, that, that they should do any adjustments. Yes, is it, is it necessary? How is the risk if you are on insulin to, to get hyper or hyperglycemia? So to understand that your physician should normally know how your past history is. Yes, to give, to give you also a feedback. Is it for you easy to manage your diabetes already before Ramadan? Yes, uh, or already there are any issues so that you as a physician would say, look, you already have pre-Ramadan problems to manage your, your diabetes. So it's not a good idea to do it already uh, to do fasting in Ramadan. So these are important things. And again, as I mentioned to you, um, it's important to, to get a holistic picture of yourself so your physician should know uh, what your working environment is, how the stress level for you is, and uh, um, um, again, duration of long, how long you had diabetes, and important is uh, other diseases what you should have. So you can ask then your physician, look, um, and uh, what you know about my past medical history generally, would you recommend it for me to do it? And then with the medication and the treatment uh, on which I'm current am, and uh, you know how my management is, is it really for me safe to do it? Yes. And then again, the questions are how I should do it. Yes. And so what is uh, the most important things, as I mentioned when I should measure my glucose, what I should eat. So these things will be definitely important to get from your healthcare provider. And would you say it's, I'm assuming, but riskier, more riskier for type one versus type two diabetes, or they both share a similar risk depending yes. on the person? Yes, I think it's mostly really individual. There are studies, for example, showing that uh, especially type 1 diabetes patients who are on insulin therapy, that the risks get higher for hypo and hyperglycemia during Ramadan. This, uh, the study is already showing. With people for type 2, for example, most of them are on oral medications. And these oral medications are mostly very safe medications, which if you take really uh, proper care, don't make any uh, hypo or hyperglycemias. And type 1, it's a little bit difficult. But most important, again, is how you are pre-Ramadan. Yes? So if you're a well-maintained type 1 diabetes patient, yes, 
who can self-manage him already very good and has really less complications, no really hyperglycemia in the past future, then your risk, of course, is low. Also, you can have a safe remedy. Definitely, yes. So it depends only on the patient on itself. And that's what we are saying. I'm I'm sitting then with you as a patient to, to, uh, to find for you the best solution, yes? And I would never generalize it and say, because you're type 1 or you're type 2, you should do or should, you should not do. Right, because like we were discussing before the call, no two are are ever alike, right? Yes. Um, and so leading up to the day Ramadan begins, in addition to maybe medication adjustments and other things, are there some things that people with diabetes can do to help prepare them for yes. fasting? Look, we are already generally saying that you should uh, meet a few weeks before, yes, your your healthcare provider. To, to discuss this, yes, to already uh, educate you so you should know what you should do when Ramadan starts, yes. And even sometimes maybe a, a week of, t- uh, um, uh, some days of trial is maybe helpful, yes. And um, important is now how how you're connected with your healthcare provider, yes. Because if you have a close contact with them um, through remote management or other um, uh, systems, you can get really immediately feedback of that, what you're doing. And um, so if you do some, for example, agree with, with your physician to say, okay, I will do now a, week, a weekend and start to do a Ramadan trial to see if we make this adjustments, how it works on me, yes? Do you see anything and is it for me easy or difficult? So these adjustments should already maybe to be tried and done before, yes? So the patient on itself, it's like a training, yes, before you start a tournament, yes. So um, therefore, it's, uh, I think, important to use really a, a time at least a um, few weeks before Ramadan to discuss these topics, to get the proper education, um, and then we really need to, to start uh, safely Ramadan. And I saw something in the guidelines where it talked about a Ramadan nutrition plan. Can you tell yes. us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a really nice tool where everybody can go on this website. And um, there's also for each region different types of meals where they're suggesting. And, you know, so there's a nutritional belt telling you how much carbs you should intake, how much proteins you should take and fats you should take in Ramadan. And then, of course, the quality of what you're eating is important. So, therefore, they're giving you then suggestions for this meal plans. Yes, with the calorie intake. So, for you as a man or as a woman, uh, how much calories you should have, yes, to, for example, also not gain weight, yes, but sometimes also happen in Ramadan with patients because we have often the problem that we are fasting during the day and then at the night we are unfortunately craving food, yes, mm-hmm. which is also not, not the idea of Ramadan, to be also honest, yes. So this is, of course, again, these things are all management um, uh, things and this meal plan, which is, uh, again, available for everybody who can create this online for themselves with the suggestions what they are giving. It's a really helpful tool. Yeah, we just had a question of someone asked, what is the name of the website that has Ramadan nutrition tools, uh, Reham? That's the IDF uh, guidelines. And in uh, the the show notes, we'll we'll share the link. 
but idf.org. Basically, if you just go to Google and you type uh, IDF in Ramadan, the guidelines should come up for you. It's a pretty comprehensive document. Ramadan nutrition plan. If you give this also, it will come normally. Okay, that's wonderful. And then another question, because people are thinking fasting and fear of hypoglycemia, is it okay then for people that have diabetes to exercise during Ramadan? Um, that's also, again, individually, but we are generally saying that you should avoid to do really heavy exercise, yes. You should avoid uh, especially the two last hours before the iftar yeah, exercise. Mostly we are saying if you want to do uh, exercise, do it uh, after iftar, but not really heavily, Yes, and um, this is the most important thing. For athletics, it's then really a different topic because it's uh, something where you need really proper management. And then, again, it's important to have days before Ramadan. Yes, we can you do trials to see what you have to adjust. Uh, you know, dehydration, so fluid intake is then really important in these things. Generally, the guidelines are saying you should not avoid exercise, so not avoid physical activity. Yeah, so I would not say to everybody you should avoid even to walk. No, this can be definitely something good. But it's uh, it's important to understand the limit. Yes, and um, this is, again, something where we can go together through it and see what the patient is doing, how long he's doing. And then, of course, the, the, the recommendation is to reduce it, definitely. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, so it's definitely probably, I'm assuming, similar advice. If you were doing it before Ramadan, then maybe you could continue. It's not the time to start a new intense yes. exercise program. Definitely not, yes. Because, again, the most important thing is we want a safe Ramadan, yes? So we want to avoid hypoglycemia and hyperglycemia. This is always the important thing. Um, and uh, uh, it's not a Ramadan if you bring yourself in danger, yes? Then, uh, therefore, this is important. Everybody who wants to fast in Ramadan is to know that generally our religion is saying, if you know it's dangerous for you, you should not do it, yes? And uh, therefore, I think it's important to have this assessment, yes, to, to really uh, show you, we are trying to show this with our patients, so they're really clearly understanding them, uh, what is the best for them. Hmm. Since you've been using the assessment and sh having the three levels, do you find that that really helps your discussion with patients that you might consider really high risk that shouldn't fast? So do they under tend does it make sense for patients? It might make sense for doctors, but sometimes yes. for practical purposes, maybe for patients, does it help? The thing is with, with uh, what we have newly is a lot of data. Yes, with the growing of digital technology and with the use of CGM, we have better studies. Yes, and to keep this simple and simple matters to show this to patients, I think this can be helpful. As if they, I show them any study, they will not understand. But if, they, if I told them that 30% uh, get have the risk to get a hyperglycemia, yes, uh, then hopefully they will understand that, that they are doing, they can get them in a risk, yes, to, to, to have a bad reaction. And there are people, I mean, even the guidelines is uh, saying that, for example, every uh, for pregnant women, yes, Ramadan is not, uh, should not be done. 
but there are still women who want to do that. But so the guidelines is then mentioning for those who really want to do it, what you should do. Yes. So we will have maybe patients who will still be in a high risk category and will say, I still want to do it. Yes. And then still we will try to educate him as much as possible. He has to tell them, okay, uh, this is now your responsibility. Yes, we we are saying to you, you should not do it. Yes, but if you want to do it, please have this education. You should know what are signs for hypoglycemia and hyperglycemia. So if you have this signs, you should measure your sugar. You should then frequently measure your sugar. We will tell them when to do this, yes. So I think there will be some patients who will still not uh, follow the recommendations, but then it's more important really to take care of them, yes, and give them to not say, okay, it's now your decision, you can go. No, okay, let's then at least help you. And maybe then they see also that they're bringing them in danger and we can give them immediately this feedback They maybe will then stop, yes. So... Uh, Again, there then a, a tight connection with the patient through, for example, remote monitoring platforms are really important. Great. So to yeah, help them try to fast in the safest way possible and while you're there and you're monitoring. So gestational diabetes, extremely high risk. Um, but also all, all pregnant women, we even don't have gestational diabetes, yes. For them, it's it's the same. And diabetes patients who are getting pregnant, yes, who want to fast. For them, all again, risk is there. Yes, it's not a, a recommendation to do it because if you would go, the risk go, they will already at least reach the moderate level. And there, we are already saying you should not fast. Yes. So um, therefore, but again, we will not let any patient alone if he decides to to fast. Yes. Um, uh, and we will try to help them to get as safe as possible to run it up. Wonderful. Is there a particular number that is recommended, a blood glucose level that is recommended? I mean, obviously a severe low. We're you know needing to break our fast and have some fast-acting sugar. Is there a particular recommended level that you're telling patients or the guidelines are saying, this is when you should medically break your fast. Base, So if you're less than 70 or over 300, you have to break your fast. Yes. That's really clear in the guidelines. And this is again, because we want to avoid uh, any damages to the patient. Okay. So over 300. And drinking water. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then you have to, I mean, you can always, this is important. Um, you even can take your insulin during your fasting. Insulin is not breaking your fasting. This is really important to know for the patients, yes? But if you are, from the experience and the studies, what we have done, it says that if you're going over 300, then it's better really to stop the fasting. Okay. Okay. So then... Now, let's say we fasted, we made it successfully through Ramadan, and then it's Eid. Are there guidelines or suggestions of what to follow as everyone comes back into eating throughout the day? Yes, I mean, this is the, the, the biggest problem that we have, the Eid days and the days after that, yes? Because the, the, in the Eid days, people are meeting each other. It's, it's a lot of... Uh, 
uh, what we are eating, a lot of sweets, yes. So, I mean, we have to understand um, that it's, it's important to implement in our society also to say there are some type of people who have to control themselves, yes. And you should not be angry because he's not eating with you or maybe he's eating lesser than somebody else. And our culture, sometimes if you have a guest and he's not eating and he's eating not even much, you're sometimes uh, not feeling comfortable, yes? So it's for the guests and those who's inviting you. But I think this is also an education with time, what we have to understand, that even that if it's eat days, we still have to, to try to control ourselves. Uh, for type 1 diabetes patients, they can get really quickly then to uh, hyperglycemia, which can be dangerous. And after the eat days, it's definitely then important again to meet your healthcare provider um, uh, to discuss what you was facing. Um, and of course, the adjustments of the medication again, uh, what we are already given also before, what they should do after when we're done. But it's, I think, a good feedback on itself to sit with the patient then together and adjust and uh, see um, hopefully also even to get an improvement of their diabetes management, some of them, yes. Some of them can improve, yes. And um, there, there are even a, a small study which was even shown that those patients who are going to Tarawe have a better management because they're doing a little bit exercise, yes. Mm -hmm. This is also a type of exercise what they're doing, yes, and they have a better outcome. So um, everything is really um, complex, but... Uh, I think with a good structure, uh, you can manage it. And with a with a healthcare team behind you, which is reachable for you, even in this times in the times of Ramadan, hopefully you can have done a safe Ramadan. Great, and it probably also goes without saying as well that patients can go visit their doctor during Ramadan as well if they need to sure. make some changes. That's the thing. We are, of course, we are available for our patients in the clinic. And again, with uh, if you have a system like we have with the remote monitoring platform, you can be even in chat in contact with the patient all the time. Yes, mm -hmm. so it's giving yourself also then a, a better uh, safety to that you know somebody is there and I have any questions, any issues I can ask and hopefully get then the right recommendations. Yes, even for I think some people that are in the call, if you know, you may not be seen by a clinic that has remote monitoring for glucose monitors. Um, but I know a lot of doctors, they will give you their WhatsApp number or different things like this and email and don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions. Um, if, you, if your doctor has shared that with you, because they're, they're happy to support you. Definitely. Um, so I'm going to open it up for questions now. Um, if, if anyone has any questions, I've asked all my questions. Or Dr. Yusuf, if I forgot to ask you about an important part that you'd like to share. Well, again, we, we spoke about the most important things. As I mentioned, really, it's um, as a simple um, summary to say, please do your Ramadan assessment as the best few weeks before Ramadan starts. So you will get the right feedback of your healthcare provider. How, how generally before you start, is it really risk, how much your risk is? And then a, a right education, a night nutrition can help you 
definitely to have a safe and uh, healthy Ramadan. Yeah, wonderful. I've shared actually the link of the guidelines. It's for healthcare professionals because I had it open. I was reading it earlier today and it's a lot of detailed information that you'll probably have a lot of questions with after. Um, however, don't, uh, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to your healthcare providers or you want to yes. reach out to Dr. Yusuf. He's at Glue Care. You can send Diapoint uh, the question and we'll pass it on. So um, please have a look at that. And the risk assessment is in there as well, which I found very insightful and interesting. Any questions? Comment? Very quiet today. I think it's the shock that it's already April 5th. And I can't believe, I don't know how the first three months of the year have gone and Ramadan is going to be just a few days away. Yeah, it is. Again, um, I think generally I'm very happy to join this day today because this awareness should be there uh, over every diabetes patient, yes? That there's a help with your, in your healthcare provider that they can help you with this uh, types of uh, assessment and management and education. Uh, and you should use this opportunity. Yes, you should really use this. And um, hopefully, if there's again any questions, also for later, you can reach us out. Yeah, please send. Uh, okay, so someone uh, sent me the question. So, if I am a type two diabetic, can I fast? You can fast again after the risk assessment. Yes. So, if I I, I see you, I make the calculation, I know your past history. Um, then after that, if you fall under the category of low, then yes, you can fast. And then it's important if you're under medication to give you the advice when you should take your medication to iftar, to surud. Uh, uh, these things are then uh, generally important. Again, as I told you, most of the oral medications you can take very safely. There are some uh, you have to take care of. Um, but yes, this is something uh, what is for everybody, again, to first have the category where you're falling in. And then I can tell you, you can do uh, fasting or not. Yeah, and there's a, the follow-on question. Then if I'm above 300 levels, so am I in a dangerous amount of blood sugar? You are definitely, yes. Uh, for diabetes type 1 patients, you can get into a ketoacidosis, uh, which can be really uh, a dangerous condition, uh, which can go into to coma. And the same is for type two diabetes patients; uh, they can get a hyperosmolar uh, coma. So it's definitely important. That's what I say. They took took the cutoff of three hundred, because through the time with the studies, what they have seen is that if patients are going over three hundred then the dangerous to get this severe complication is already high. So then you should really stop to do fasting. Is there a number for, I just thought of this question, is there a number for people with type 1 diabetes where they should start checking their ketones? Generally, what we are saying, if your sugar is going over 240, you should start to check your ketones. Yes, uh, 250 is then with ketones already a DKA, yes. So therefore, um, uh, generally, and especially in the time of Ramadan, you have to take care of that. And if you reach these levels, please check your ketones. Okay. Yeah, I think the question about the 300 blood sugar, I'm assuming this person's a type 2. 
and not a type one. Um, but based on what Dr. Yusuf has shared with us, I don't think anyone wants to be at a 300. And, no, I, look, I'm, I'm, I see already a patient who's coming to me and he's, he's, uh, he is in these levels regularly every day. Then I will not tell him to do Ramadan because he's, he's not in a low category. He's instable. Yes. And he needs free stabilization of his time and range and of his glucose. Uh, then you can have a safe Ramadan. That's important. It's really, really important to know that this fasting is bringing you nothing. Yes. If you bring you under danger and not only from the medical, also as a, from the aspect of religion. Yes. It's clear and announced every time and everywhere that fasting is only for those who are not bringing them in danger. Yes, in health danger. And therefore, it's, it's important to understand this. Right. So, any other questions? No. And I would say for the, the document that we shared, it is for healthcare um, providers and doctors and professionals. And for people that have had diabetes for a very long time, it's probably very easy to understand this document. However, it's not a decision that we should be making on our own. You can review it, review the assessment, but still please go seek medical advice to yes. make sure that you're doing it safely. Because the doctor or, or nurse educator or whoever it might be is there to look at it objectively for you. Because sometimes when we look at our health, we might think we're doing okay, but maybe we need some medical advice to tweak it and make it better and make sure we're doing it healthy. So I definitely want to say, you know, don't make any decisions without taking medical advice. I, I send these documents to everyone just so then it always is a good starting point for a place to start the discussion with your doctor. I think they're amazing for that. And it gives you a little more information because sometimes Doctors don't always have the time to go through a 20, 30 page document with you, but you can read it before and then ask the questions that you want to ask. I agree totally. And again, uh, I'm generally always saying diabetes is not because I'm a great doctor or I'm giving you the best medication. It's a management disease. Yes. And as much you learn more about your disease and you much better get for your self-management this should be the goal of every doctor for his patient, yes? Because this is what I want, that you understand what you have. You understand the, uh, what is harming you and what is the benefit for you, because this is the only way also to have a long-term good effect and uh, to reach something where you can uh, have uh, good results for your patient. All right. If no other questions, then I think we will wrap up our discussion about diabetes and Ramadan. Oh, one a question just came. Wonderful. It makes me happy. Okay. Hi, my daughter is 11 years old and this Ramadan will be her first with diabetes. The past years she used to fast. So any advice? Look, if you see, um, besides from healthcare system, even uh, in, in the Islam, it's saying you should fast starting with puberty. So she's 11, and this is normally 15, 14 to 15. Uh, so in my opinion, that's too early to start with, uh, with uh, Ramadan. Secondly, um, again, um, so she will already go through this in a moderate uh, classification of risk. Yes, And then again, it's, it depends if, she's, if you still uh, want to do Ramadan, 
then it's important to have the proper education. Yes. Then it's important really to understand, especially for the children, uh, what a hypoglycemia sign is, why the hypoglycemia sign is, to be aware of this. And uh, for the parents also, likewise, I'm not personally recommending it in this age, um, uh, but if you really want to do it, then please get in contact with your healthcare provider, um, get your recommendation and get really a proper education. Very good. Yeah, especially probably the first year, depending on how long ago she was diagnosed. I imagine that could be yes. quite tricky without yes. Ramadan. Yes, you can yeah, have uh, it's challenging. Challenges, yes, definitely. Okay, you any other questions? Experience. Sorry to disturb you. You should at least yeah. have experience with your disease, yes, to start with Ramadan, yes. If you're also newly diagnosed, yes, with diabetes, And then starting with Ramadan is, I think, not a good idea. Yes, because this is the time of adjustment. This is the time to get you on a normal uh, um, uh, glucose levels. And Ramadan can make it difficult. Thank you so much. She was diagnosed in June 2020, so almost a year. It's, yeah, but it's still really uh, early, yes. I think so. Okay. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. And thank you, Dr. Yusuf. I really appreciate you joining us and being here um, and sharing your wisdom and your experience with us about diabetes and Ramadan. It was a very informative session. And I think the sign that there wasn't a lot of questions means that we, we covered everyone's questions. Um, again, if you need to ask a question later, you can send it to info at diapointme.com or you can reach out to Glue Care Clinic where Dr. Yusuf is working. Um, we hope to see you again at our next expert session. We'll let you know when that's happening. And thank you, everyone. And if I don't talk to you before, have a lovely, wonderful, safe Ramadan. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for listening. Part of our mission at DiaPoint is to support people with diabetes with our free resources and content. The medical care associated with diabetes can be extremely expensive and even out of reach for many. If you found this podcast helpful, useful, interesting, or inspirational, please go over to Apple Podcast and give us a five-star review so that more people can hear about it. You can rate it or you can leave a review. And also don't forget to share it with your friends. We thank you so much for your support. This is a very simple way to support us and it can be very powerful to help other people find the information that they need. Have a wonderful day.